Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Hello, Jake. Are you writing marathon plans? 21 weeks. I thought I had more time than that. I'm, I'm a bit concerned. I'm not even bloody running, and I've got 21 <laughs> weeks, apparently, <laughs> for Manchester, right? I better get on it. I might have counted it wrong. I might have counted it wrong. It could be either way. It could so. be like 20 or, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so exciting, isn't it? Is it exciting? It's exciting. It is exciting. It's ex- it is exciting. I'm also absolutely frozen. That's why I'm rubbing my hands together. I've just been doing some working, some coaching uh, in a coffee shop. Why do British coffee shop owners feel they need to leave the doors open in November? <laughs> it's absolutely freezing. So, Do, do you think that might be that worldwide pandemic that we're in, perhaps? I don't know. I don't <laughs> care about that at the minute. I just care about keeping it warm. There's no germs, no germs anywhere. It's in the middle of a rainy park, and when you're coaching, you're in a coffee shop. One of us is doing this wrong. It wasn't toasty. It wasn't toasty. <laughs> but I was talking marathon plans already for people. I was starting to put some things in place. Very important, isn't it, Joanne, to get those plans in place? Yes, it is, Jacob. <laughs> Where should we start? Where should we well, start? Well, that's, do you know, funny enough, I wrote a list of questions to ask you, and the very Did first you? one says, Where do you start? Mm. Well, so over okay. to you. Cool. So start with the end in mind, I think is very important. I think it's important not to get too carried away in the detail at this stage. We know that things are going to change. And you might have come off the back of a marathon recently, you know, London for yourself, Joe, Manchester for me. And, and already it's like, oh, gosh, are we, you know, only 21 weeks away? Maybe we need to start thinking about what, how we train and what things we need to put in place. If it's your first, if it's not your first marathon, there will be things that you learn, no doubt, from previous marathons that you've done, whether that was recently or not. So we know that if you want to improve, it's not just a case of, right, repeat that training cycle again, do everything that you did for your previous marathon again, there may be some tweaks that you need to make. Of course, we know that if you follow training cycle after training cycle, you get that cumulative effect. So you kind of layer on your fitness, but you also need to make some tweaks as well. So what did you learn from your previous marathon? Were there things that you needed to work on? Was it a bit more marathon race pace? I know that was the case for me. Was it consistency? Maybe you weren't as consistent as you were previously. So how do you address, you know, meaning maybe you weren't as consistent as you hoped to be with your training. Things got in the way. So what can you do to kind of plan for that? You know, the whole proactive rather than be reactive. And I say at the moment, it's about a broad overview, isn't it? It's not about the detail, but you can start to think now about, well, are there some races that I want to do as part of the training for the main marathon that I've got coming up? You know, the classic 20 mile, three or four, five weeks before your marathon. Do you want to look for a race around that's convenient for you? Are there some half marathons you want to drop in? I think it's important to get those into, into play. And I also think it's important to think about frequency. You know, we spoke about this before, Joe, on these lives. But I think often people, when they set these plans and stuff, not just marathons, but they have this kind of, right, I'm going to run this many times a week, but that's best case usually. And I think it's also worth worth having a kind of worst case scenario. So, you know, you've got to be realistic with yourself as well. 
and have contingencies. You know, think about, well, if something gets in the way and I'm not able to train as I hope for my marathon. So let's face it, we've been training through the summer for these autumn marathons, of course. Now, if we're looking at spring marathons, we're going to be training through the winter. There's going to be different obstacles, you know, ice, weather conditions, you know, dark nights, dark mornings, that kind of thing. If you're not able to run, is there a contingency? What's the alternative? Could you spend your time doing something else? Are you able to cross train? So I think while it's important to have certain things in your mind and in place, you know, this, this mar early marathon prep, I do think it's important to have a broad overview rather than the detail. But the benefit of getting organized is it also, not only does it help you work towards your goal, but it kind of takes things out of your mind a little bit. You know, it kind of parks it because you, you, it gives you confidence to know that, well, you know what, I'm, I'm probably going to be able to hit the pool or be able to do some cross training. Or if, if this happens, I know that I'm going to, this is going to be the way that I'm going to train. We're coming up to Christmas, back end of the year. I think we need to create some space in the mind as well. So getting a little bit organized, I, I do think is important for sure. I've got loads on my list, Joe. Some... <laughs> I was waiting you for to... you to give me a chance to speak. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to stay warm. I keep talking. Um, absolutely. I will say, look backwards before you look forwards. Um, one of the things I, I, like yourself, had a lot of chats with all the, the runners that I coach who, who ran marathons, you know, how do you think it went, blah, blah, blah. What could we do differently? And, and the number of times people say to me, oh, I want to do more training. And I say, okay, but we didn't quite do all the training we planned last time for various reasons. So let's be realistic. Um, so we want to do more training, but is, you know, we need to look at, did we actually achieve all the training we planned to achieve first time round before we just add more on for the sake of it? Because more is not always better, as we know. Um, I know you're a big fan of Jack Daniels. And actually, um, randomly, I was researching something else, caught up with a um, sort of webinar presentation thing he did. And I, I always, you know, love it when you pick one up, really good tidbit up from somebody. And he said, I say to the runner, in your peak week, what is the maximum amount of time you have to train? And then everything else I work down backwards from that. And we know that there is a progressive element to marathon training. You do build up more training as you go through the cycle or, or theoretically you, sh you should hope to. And so he looks at what, what's the peak amount of training we can do and then the kind of percentages of that as you build up to it, but never sets more than that peak and never sets that peak all, every week. And I really liked that in terms of that realistic approach before we even start planning to what actually can I achieve? What can I achieve in terms of the time that I have, but also the other things that go on in my life? And as you say, winter I am a real summer runner and I absolutely hate winter training, which is why I, I, I wonder why I do spring marathons. Um, and, you know, some people are the same. They find it really hard. So can you realistically, do you like running in the dark? Can you run in the dark? Um, can you run in the cold, et cetera, et cetera? The other thing I was, I would say as well, early marathon preparation, let's start now being fit and well. And by that, I mean injury free and in good health. Because we're not in injury free and in good health now. And I know this is probably <laughs> not necessarily, uh, you're not necessarily injury free at the moment. But if you're not injury free and in good health now, you, you're not necessarily going to, and then you build a progressive load on top of that. You know, I think, again, that's quite unrealistic. So, you know, I often say to people, okay, I know you want to get into this early base work, absolutely. But we need to actually get rid of this calf strain or that hamstring problem, or you've got, 
unfortunately quite a few of the runners I coach seem to uh, recently have picked up COVID. You know, we've got to get over this stuff before we get into that because then it will be better quality from the start if we just delay it a few weeks here to really address what state am I in now? Am I as fit and healthy as I can be now to get started? So to me, though, those are my two in this early phase. That's what I'm looking at almost as the priority. And then I'll plan forward. And that's what we're talking about, isn't it? That, that early phase. I really like that. I have, I have actually put on my list that I put iron out the lumps and bumps, as I call it. <laughs> so you want, you want almost a clean sheet to start with, don't you? I don't want to be going into marathon training, nursing a calf injury. Or even if you come out the other side of any, injury, any injuries, any injuries, even if you come out the other side, you want to make sure that they stay gone. So, for example, what have I learned from when I had my calf strain the first time around? Possibly could have continued with some calf strength work, but, you know, classically, when you feel okay, things fall to the wayside. So maybe I've learned a little bit of a lesson from there, possibly. That's certainly something I'm going to put into my training moving forward and, and keep that in there. But a phrase that I used with one of my runners recently on the subject of kind of ironing out lumps and bumps was residual niggles, residual injuries or niggles really. So anything that you may have picked up from a marathon that you did London, Manchester, you know, it's very easy to think, oh, I feel all right now, you know, a week, two weeks later. But like we've said before, Joe, it really does take it out of you, all the training and obviously racing that distance, 26 miles. So I think having that in mind when you're going into another marathon cycle i think it's very important just to make sure you're of sound health like you're saying and we can you know include kind of mental health in that as well because it can be a weight on our mind like trying to fit everything and spin all these plates and marathon 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 even though it's a choice we love it of course then it's the afterwards the that aftermath where you just want to breathe for a moment like you know feel a bit lost all those classic sort of symptoms those feelings <laughs> after the marathon but then you register for another one and we know how the story goes so I think just being very mindful of being in a good place before you, you really start getting into the thicker stuff is, is definitely good, Joe. And, and I think as well, getting out of, of your head the whole classic 16 weeks to train for a marathon. Now, that might suit a lot of people. Of course, that's cool. But I think it's really easy just to say it's got to be 16 weeks. And I think the other problem with that is, because it might be less for some people, by the way, especially if you're coming off the back of a real quality marathon cycle, depending on many factors, age and ability and how much you train and what else you've got going off and what your other goals are. But I think the problem with saying, like, 16 weeks, 16 weeks, is sometimes you think, oh, it doesn't matter until the 16 weeks to go point. You know, I can just chill out a bit. Well, you can't really. I would be asking yourself a very key question. Where do I need to be by the time I'm start at the start of my kind of main training program, whatever that is and however long that is, where do you need to be? What shape do you need to be? What boxes do you need to have ticked? Even give yourself maybe some mini goals. I, I want to be up to the stage where I'm, I'm back running you know, 10 miles continually, for example, you know, just an example. So I think breaking things down and understanding where you need to be before you start the main training is very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I've written down volume. <laughs> because I think there is no getting away from the fact that marathon training requires endurance and endurance requires mm. volume. Obviously, how much volume is very individual. But, you know, what I've tried to say again and what I you know, say to the runners I coach is, right, we had this amount of volume. We obviously don't want the peak volume because that would be too much. But we want if we can get our base volume higher than it was when we started before, 
then we have more scope to be more creative as we get closer to the marathon in the training that we do. So if we know, you know, and again, this comes back to looking back when you've run a previous marathon, if we, you know, before we started that marathon training, say to pluck a number out of the air, you were running 25 miles a week and actually now we can comfortably tolerate 30. Well, we're already have got some extra volume there. So let's keep that going as our base and build up from there. But if you, if you are, this is your first time marathon running or you don't have a big volume, then again, the longer time scale you have to build volume, the more substantial that volume can be. And I don't necessarily just mean those long runs. I mean, spread across the week and, you know, essentially aerobic base is pretty much the most important thing, as I say, when it comes to actually running in the marathon itself. So the longer you have that for, or the deeper that is, the better you want to run. And going back to what you were saying about cycles, you know, I always say to people that there's two aspects to aerobic fitness. <clears throat> One is your heart is a muscle and you are training it as a muscle as you would train your hamstrings, your quads or anything else. That you can sort of start to achieve improvements in a, in a relatively short space of time, hence where the kind of 20 weeks classic thing comes in. But actually there's more um, kind of... Um, deeper sort of physiological changes with actually how you process energy within the muscles themselves and the actual structure of the blood vessels and the muscle itself now that takes a year onwards to really develop so again that's that whole thing about the improvement you've got over time from the previous running that you've done and building upon that because you have these these much more substantial physiological changes so you know you you should hopefully be starting in a different place from where you were last year because you've got that year of consistent, you know, consistent volume and consistent running behind you. So that's, you know, that's my kind of thing. Keep your volume. So the, you know, I say to my runners, the temptation is to just ditch all your long runs and you can do that. But if we really are looking ahead, let's try and we could comfortably do 10, 12 half marathon as a long run. Why don't we start with that? Because then we've already got that as a good base. So again, it's that kind of carrying forward where we are. Not to say that nobody, you know, everybody had a really good rest and we're only just getting back into it now. But again, you still have that residual fitness. So you're, you're still not starting from ground zero, even if you had two or three weeks off, as some of the runners I coached did. Actually, as long as we're, we're mindful and we do the conditioning, you know, we can go in with slightly higher volume than we did before. And, and I think that kind of carries you forwards. It's also mentally as well, isn't it, Joe? You know, build, building on what you've, or capitalizing on the fitness that you've built and the distance and duration, importantly, of those long runs. We all know what it's like. All of a sudden, 12 miles becomes just 12 miles because we're in the thicker marathon training and we're out there doing 80 miles. And all of a sudden, you know, you give one of your runners 12 or 30 miles. It's like, is that all I've got to do this weekend? Well, let's capitalize on that by keeping a healthy, uh, reasonable distance or duration as a long run you know not necessarily every week not necessarily right now as you're saying joe you know hot off the back of other marathons if that's what it is for you but definitely i would keep that in mind because if you let that drop off you've also not only got to build the physical ability but you've also got to to build that kind of i suppose mental capacity to tolerate those long runs and sometimes you know some people love the long runs and some people don't you know some people can fear them so i would definitely just keep a sweet spot of you know 90 minutes each week or whatever it might be for you where you know it's not the jump's not going to be so big then when you mm -hmm. get to that 16 weeks to go point or whatever distance and when you talk about the aerobic stuff i find that really interesting at the moment for me because i'm even as a coach i still remind myself as i know you do joe of all kind of the basics and principles and stuff like that because that's important 
because you can get carried away with things easily. And I'm not running at the moment, giving the calf a little bit more time, hope to be returning soon. But I'm focusing on building an aerobic base. Now, uh, it's not sexy. That's the problem very often with the kind of just easy running. They're not sexy sessions. Go and run for an hour easy. Go and do two hour easy. It's not sexy, but it's necessary. And especially if we're training for, towards a marathon, you know, uh, and Steve Vernon will talk about building, uh, being an aerobic monster, which I love. You know, he's a coach being an aerobic monster and you're only going to get that by spending lots of time in your aerobic zone by doing the easy stuff so although i'm not running at the moment i spent an hour and 45 minutes in the pool yesterday would i I, would i have done that if i wasn't working towards like the manchester next year no but i'm doing what's required not necessarily what i want to do so that's something else that i'd throw into the mix there as well joe let let me just interrupt you there because i did see something and it's what i used to say as well i'm very good at boring stuff my whole success is due to the fact that I'm very good at boring things. Um, and yeah, absolutely. So like you it's, say, an hour and 45 aqua jogging in a pool, really quite mind-numbingly boring, but I used to think this is what builds those foundations. Um, and, and, and I saw someone on Twitter and I, I should name check them, but I can't for the life remember who it was. And again, it's the same thing. Do the boring stuff first uh, because it will actually lead on to the much more interesting stuff later. I so, do yeah. the same in work as well, but of course my work's not boring. Our work isn't boring. <laughs> but but that, is, that is very, very true, Joe. And I think it's definitely worth mentioning because, and highlighting and, and almost enforcing, if you like, encouraging, because it's not always so interesting. And if you really think about what is the goal, and if that goal, and this is probably another video, topic for another video, but if that goal really means something to you, it's really meaningful and you know your why and, and it, it drives you and it fires you up and inspires you, then you're more likely to commit to doing the boring stuff because you know why. You've got to really think about, well, this is the goal. I've got this end in mind. Because if I was just swimming yesterday to to feel good and, you know, have a beer on a Saturday night and feel better about that or eat food or, you know, whatever it might be, a bit of exercise to feel good, I wouldn't have swum for an hour and 45 minutes. I wouldn't have done that. I might have done 40 or 50 minutes maybe. So really knowing why you're doing it will definitely help. And as you say, sometimes it's just, you know, it might just be boring and that's just, you know, the way it is. It's so going from boring is. to completely different, what's, what's your response if you want to say, it's okay, I'm doing um, Manchester, for example. We keep talking about Manchester. We're not on commission, I promise you. There are other no. va- marathons available in the spring. I wish I was. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but I want to get a 5k PB before Christmas. What do you reckon? Well, it depends on what their 5k PB currently is. For some people, <laughs> it's, case of, it's, it's literally a case of just keep doing what they're doing. You know, for some people, it's very easy if they're relatively new to running as well, you know, a few years under their belt, that it's quite common where they're getting PBs, 5k, 10k, half marathon, marathon quite frequently. Are they at the marginal gain stage? In which case we need to kind of perhaps have that little bit of a chat because obviously... If marginal gains is where they are, more has to be tightened up within their training. Things have to be a little bit more specifically. So it's really a case of, I would say, depending on who it was, is that going to impact their goal in, in, in the marathon? You know, it depends whether they, they've been consistent with their training or they haven't been consistent with their training. How important is it? You know, I've got people that are signing up for wanting to do ultra marathons as well. Great. No problem. But if you're looking at winning everything, that's probably not going to happen. You've got to kind of specialize a little bit. So I don't think my personal view, and this is obviously very broad depending on the individual, but I think if people want to throw themselves into 
enjoyable training at the moment. We talk about the long, you know, perhaps boring stuff, but enjoyable training. They want to do park runs. They want to push themselves a bit. They want to get into a bit of cross country and a bit of off road as long as it's safe and they're keeping themselves in one piece and all that sort of stuff. I have no issues with that at all. So it's a little bit about managing expectations as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think actually, again, I say to people, it's almost that mountain running in some ways is almost kind of like every other race turn, um, training turned on its head. So, you know, that theory that you move from general training and fitness to much more specific things. So if you were following that, that through, actually you could say, well, 5K is, it's not a million miles away from a marathon in terms of physiology, but it's definitely at, at the, a lot of the training for 5k is less specific to marathon. Um, so therefore in some ways, as you say, actually my attitude is we, we may not get a PB because we've only got a certain amount of time before we need to go into, you know, we still need to build a bit of a base and volume, but actually, yeah, let's mentally do something different. Let's do something that's fun and interesting and not slogging out lots of miles and miles necessarily in this brief little window that we have before we really start thinking about training. So again, for me, I, you know, like you say, you have to kind of caveat it with the person and where they come, but from quite a few people, I find once you've got the fatigue of the marathon out the way, and as long as you haven't picked up an injury or an illness, actually you've probably got quite a good well of, you know, fitness that you might well be able to tackle a 5k or a 10k PB that it is quite hard to run a 5k PB in those last seven or eight weeks before a marathon because you tend to be just so knackered from the volume of training so probably now is a better time than later on in the year but it's about mixing it up in this early stage isn't it which is which essentially is what you're saying you know just mix it up have a bit of fun do something a bit different but with half an eye on what's absolutely working towards absolutely and i think as well joe i don't know if you've heard this from a few few of your runners i've certainly heard it you know and and previously and i felt this and stuff you can feel a bit sluggish, a bit slow. A lot of people feel like, well, I've lost my speed because they've been training for 26 miles. You know, that's the difference, isn't it? Running a fast 26 miles is different from running a, a fast 5K, although there are obviously similarities, as we said, still endurance and whatnot. But I think now it's an opportunity to have fun, but also just take the brakes off. Just go for it. If you feel like a bit sluggish and a bit slow, you know, I've been giving people quite a few strides in their sessions recently just to take the brakes off, just to test, put a bit of speed in the legs, but safely after, you know, hot off the back of a marathon, but just to get the legs turning over quicker again and just for them to feel like they're moving at a little bit of pace. So I think doing the park runs 5Ks or whatever and attempting a time here and there, maybe not every weekend, I think is a really, <laughs> I think is a really good thing, actually, Joe. I'm, you know, I'm all for that. But I just, if I can... Going back a little bit to what I said earlier, because I really believe this quite strongly. I think it's very, very, very helpful. I think it's really important. If you have done a marathon previously, and even if you haven't done a marathon, but you've done other races, you can still learn from them. But I definitely think it's worth learning from the marathon. So whether that's how you, what you're saying, Joe, were you as consistent? So actually, instead of saying, right, I'm going to run more, I'm going to do more volume. Well, you didn't do what you originally set out to do. So maybe we just need to look at that a bit. Look at where your weakness is or look at what area you need to work on. It might be mental strength. It might be the fact that you struggled with the mental strength when it came to some really challenging sessions. It may be just in the last couple of reps of some sessions that you may have set for one of your runners, Joe, or it may be in the latter stages of a marathon. What do you need to do? Because, for example, if it is mental strength, doing some of these short, fast stuffs we're, we're talking about, dropping in some 5Ks, well, you're in, you're in the pain cave in a 5K. I mean, it's just go. You know, it's just you go for it and it's going to hurt, but you're going to strengthen yourself mentally as well. So you've got to look up what you need to develop in order to help you move forward and have a better experience, I think, is what it's all about, isn't it? 
Definitely, definitely. Moving forwards, moving onwards. And, I'm, and I was going to lead nicely into a segue there, but it completely fell to pieces. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Just blame the signal. We normally do. I'm out um, of practice, folks. Out of practice. One weekend in the mountains, I'm just like, think I'm on holiday. Um, <laughs> so I think really what we're saying is look to look look backwards sorry i'll get it right eventually look backwards look at what you did look at why you did it how did it go what can you learn from it have an eye at the long goal but also have a bit of fun now and then we can start kind of planning forward and and i'm pretty sure we're going to be talking a lot more specifically about marathon training as the next few weeks go on of course as we get into that lovely christmas period i think i think as well joe i've just got a little note here actually just to throw in into the mix while people are you know, thinking about how the land lies for them with their marathons. Have a think not only about kind of races that you might be doing in the lead up to your event, but as part of that, how are you going to test yourself in terms of kind of to know where you are? So just thinking, again, it doesn't need to be like you know, mega detail. You can even just note down some possible tests that you could run, as it were, at some point. But even if you're not putting them in the diary because you don't really know, it's too far away, you're not sure how it's going to work. But it might be, Right. Is it, is it a 10K time trial? Is it a 10K race or a half marathon? Or is it a blood lactate test in a physiology lab? Or maybe it's just a key training session that you've done a few times. Maybe you did it in your previous marathon as part of the training for, and you know where you are based on how well that session goes. Well, you can start to think about, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to build a little bank of tests here so I can just every now and then do this. And then I know a little bit more about where I am. And therefore, you'll know how to inform your training moving forward. I think that can really help not only training more specifically and increase your chance of achieving a goal, but it keeps you motivated as well. Because I think we know if you have done a marathon, it's a long slog. You know, however, you start training for this months and months and months and months and months <laughs> before the race day. You certainly should. For about 21 weeks, I think. Oh, gosh. That, five so you months? need to just be putting in those mini goals as well to keep you, keep you fired up, keep you interested, I think, Joe. Keep you motivated you through the cold months. <laughs> do you know what i think in some ways now motivation is not the problem it really is when we get around to that kind of january time um january february where we all start to question our life choices but for now the sun's shining where it certainly is where i am the autumn leaves are falling which is my favorite time of year and um yeah we're just putting in that base work ready to we'll go. keep we'll keep people fired up joe in january oh we it's will not gonna be a problem easy <laughs> You can always rely on your regular Friday lunchtime burst of enthusiasm from myself and Jake. And if you can't make it on a Friday, you can obviously catch up on my page or Jake's page, depending on who's hosting it. But you can check out both of us at Running With Jake and at Running J10K. And you can also catch up on Jake's podcast as well on the quick hits. Um, But yeah, I think we've said all there is to say. Thank you very much. Good luck with the calf. I hope it gets I'm, I'm practicing what i preach joe you'll be very proud of me um good i I'm, am I'm just... really i am actually really impressed with the cross training really impressed yeah. with that i'm that quite enjoying work. it dare i say i'm, I'm wow. almost enjoying it it's like it's a new That's challenge your for me, masochistic so. streak embrace <laughs> embrace the change embrace the change <laughs> cool. cool have a great weekend everybody it's really good to be back we'll be back next week on jake's page and we'll be letting you know what we're talking about then but have fun and enjoy your training this week Bye. Bye, guys. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.